Welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Our goal is to encourage everyone to grow in the Christian faith by anchoring themselves to the secure truth found in the inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. All things were made through the Word, and without the Word was not anything made that was made. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and the Word was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Today, we are starting a new audio series called Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. Listeners familiar with the Bible will recognize that our opening verses are a combination of the first few verses from the book of Genesis, interwoven with the first four verses from the Gospel of John. These verses are as contained in the English Standard Version of the Bible. We have interwoven the verses to illustrate what this audio series is all about and why Crystal Sea Books created it. To start, Let's take a look at why we named our publishing and audio production company Crystal Sea Books in the first place. For that, we go to the other end of the Bible, to the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation. In the fourth chapter, the Apostle John says that he saw the throne of God in heaven and From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Pay attention to the drama of the vision given to John about the apocalyptic revelation he is about to receive. It's like the scene of a modern science fiction movie but on steroids. His senses are fully engaged. He sees amazing things, flashes of lightning, fiery torches. He is besieged by loud and dramatic noise and sound, rumblings, peals of thunder. And to ensure that the scene has an even greater sense of drama, the fantastic sound and light show with which he is confronted is not even limited to the sky above and around him. 
It is reflected in the most humongous mirror ever imagined beneath his feet. It is reflected on a glass sea as hard and clear as crystal. Just imagine the magnification of the effect that must have been produced by the lightning, thunder, and fire as the lights above him were reflected in the crystal sea before him and echoed off the crystal-like surface. Talk about a way to get someone's attention. But that's what it's like to be in the presence of God, to be before the very throne of the Almighty. But notice that despite his senses being fully engaged and likely overwhelmed, John's mind is still being filled with information. He is led to know that the seven burning torches of fire are the seven spirits of God. John is awestruck and amazed, but he is also learning, learning about heaven, learning about God's plan for him and the future of his race, learning about God's greatness, majesty, power, and holiness. And that's why we started Crystal Sea Books. In our own way, we want to engage the imaginations and senses of readers and listeners using stories, audio projects, and songs. But our goal in engaging them is always to have people think more about God and the Bible, and to think more deeply about them. Because in a very real sense, we live our entire lives in the presence of God and before His throne. So how do we hope to go about helping people remember what an amazing, majestic, and awesome God is still sitting on the throne that John saw? Sometimes we do that with dramatic stories and spellbinding scenes, but we think it can also be done with fun and humor. For instance, here's a little humor piece that we've put together to introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm R.D. Fierro from Crystal Sea Books, and you don't know me because, well, I'm not famous. Nope, not famous at all. Might have heard of that guy. Not famous, not, not, not famous. Wait a minute, I think I'm, nope, nope, I don't know him at all. May never be famous. I got that. I think Thank you, thank you. No, okay, no. I heard it. Okay, got it. Thank you. Message received. Huh. Okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. And neither is Crystal Sea Books famous. Mm-mm. I'm afraid not. And most people don't know my good friend and associate here, uh... Jerry. Yeah, right, Larry. Most people don't know him because he's not famous either. Hey, you told me that was on purpose. But you know who is famous? The guy we work for. He's worldwide, bigger than life, water-walking famous. He's so famous that if I dropped his name, you would know it immediately. Everybody knows his name. Even if they're uncertain about other things, like whether puppies are cuter than kittens, or tomatoes are really a fruit. How's that now? What's really odd, though, is that even when people recognize our boss's name, a lot of the time, maybe most of the time, they don't know very much about him. Fact, more people probably know that Elvis liked peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Ooh, Elvis could eat some peanut butter. And he did. Than that our boss liked fresh figs and broiled fish. Uh, though maybe not at the same time. 
That's why we started Crystal Sea Books. To encourage people to learn more about him, and especially his book, which is a very famous book because it's his book. Now, that may seem a little peculiar. Non-famous people like Larry and me. Jerry, hello. Promoting a famous book and famous person. But that's okay. Harry and I don't mind being thought of as peculiar. My name's not Harry. Uh, if it's for a good reason. So what do we do to promote our boss? Well, we do stories and books. And music. Right. And music and prayers. Ah, oh, love me some prayers. And we try to have some fun while we're doing it. Because our boss invented fun and humor. I mean, hey, he invented everything. Our boss is awesome. Awesome. So even though we have a serious purpose, promoting our boss and all, Barry and I... Oh, Jerry, come on, dude. Jerry, 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 Jerry. And all of our other friends... This is Walt. What's up? Marcus here. Victoria, here. Fitz, nice to meet you. Like to enjoy ourselves while we're being serious. Serious business of heavenly joy. And that's what our stories and music and books do. They tell you about our boss and his book, and they will help you tell other people about him too. I mean, we do great stuff. All kinds of great stuff. So go to crystalseabooks.com and buy some great stuff. We have all kinds of things there. Links to our stories, exciting scenes from our audiobooks, epic poems, songs, a bodacious blog that is written by another of our team members, Darlene, who's not famous either. So take it from me and Gary here. Closer. Visit crystalseabooks.com where we're not famous, but our boss is. Some listeners might be wondering why we ended the piece by saying, we're not famous, but our boss is. In today's culture, where the number of likes and clicks and views is so important, why would we take a step back and emphasize that we're simply here to serve someone else? The answer to that is pretty simple. Because this is the example that was set by John the Baptist. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 30, John the Baptist says, He must increase, but I must decrease. Remember that in the Gospel of Luke, verse 28, Jesus said about John the Baptist that, I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. So with that as a commendation from Jesus, we think that's a pretty good example to follow. And while we'll happily accept our share of likes and clicks, we want all of that to be done because those doing the clicking are actually going to learn more about the boss. And we think there are a wide variety of ways that we can help them do that. For instance, for thousands of years, song, rhyme, meter, and poetry have been used in a wide variety of cultures to help people absorb and retain information. So we're doing that too. Here is a parody based on an iconic American rock tune. The original was called Proud Mary and was done by a variety of very successful artists. We call our parody Proud Peter. 
James, John, and Andrew Nathaniel, Philip, and James number two Simon the Zealot, and Judas who fell out Thomas, Thaddeus, and finally Matthew Proud Peter keep on turning To the one who keeps your heart burning and we're holding, 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 holding on to Jesus. Holding on to Jesus. And we're holding, 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 holding on to Jesus. Notice that the names of all Jesus' twelve original disciples are included in the opening four lines. It's a simple and easy-to-learn little ditty, but it takes away much of the struggle many of us would face if we tried to learn the names of Jesus' disciples by rote memorization. By setting the list to a well-known rhythmic structure, the information easily becomes just a part of the other things we routinely carry around in our brains like the name of our favorite pizza shop, the statistics of various sports stars, or how many ounces are in a half gallon. Let's listen again and see how easy it is to learn the names of the apostles who formed the foundation of the church. One more time. Here's Proud Peter. Peter, James, John, and Andrew Nathaniel, Philip, and James number two Simon the Zealot, and Judas who fell out Thomas, Thaddeus, and finally Matthew Proud Peter keep on turning To the one who keeps your heart burning and we're holding, 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 holding on to Jesus. Holding on to Jesus. And we're holding, 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 holding on to Jesus. Meter and rhyme can be important in helping us become immersed in more dramatic moments. Consider this example from Crystal Sea Book's Christmas epic poem called The Golden Tree, Komari's Quest. In this scene, the dreaded demon master has come to remove the golden tree from the town of a band of small koalas who went to the Arctic in search of the great white koala bear. The golden tree is the source of light and hope for the bears who live in an otherwise desperate and desolate land. Listen to the demands the demon master makes. Step back from the tree, small creatures, for I have no quarrel with thee. I have only come to claim the golden eucalyptus tree. It was brought here by my father against my wishes and will to blight my perfect kingdom, a task it accomplishes still. 
This land you're on, I own, and rule with power and might. The only exception is here, near that cursed tree's pure light. Step back and I'll let you live to leave my northern land. Return to your home down under and find the rest of your clan. In this scene, the golden tree represents the Holy Spirit that has been given to all Christians to illuminate their minds, provide hope to their lives, and warmth to their hearts. All the things that the real demon master would like to steal from them and in turn eliminate their witness from the world. If you want to find out how the confrontation turns out, go to crystalseabooks.com and click on the audio link. You'll find a heartwarming story that is suitable for people of all ages and that parents or youth group leaders can use to provide inspirational instruction to those young in age or new in their faith. Golden Tree, Komari's Quest is the first of the epic poems that Crystal Sea has released, but we have others planned because we think such poems have a sort of timeless appeal, as the works of Dr. Seuss illustrate. Listening to biblically sound but entertaining stories is also a great way to begin discussion between parents and children or church leaders such as youth pastors and their groups. In addition to the poems, song, parodies, and humor pieces, Crystal Sea Books also has a number of books available, both fiction and nonfiction, and we are currently producing dramatized audio versions of our first two fiction releases, Doors of Destiny, A Choice Orb Tale, and Prodigal's Advocate. Doors of Destiny is the story of four children from the same family who come into contact with a choice orb that transports them from their small-town home to an ethereal realm where two ancient races continue their dramatic struggle to control worlds and passageways between worlds. As part of their attempt to reach home, the children must pass through the dark planet where they are asked by a young girl named Abigail to make a desperate sacrifice. As the battle for the world unfolds, Abigail must confront an ancient demon in a dark, ascending tower as she seeks to place the great lamp of Kinnereth in a lampstand at the very top. Abigail's failure would seal the doom of her world and the children. As a preview to our upcoming audio release of Doors of Destiny, A Choice Orb Tale, here is a part of a scene from The Struggle Within the Tower. The reedy voice was growing considerably more excited, but Abigail was undeterred. She continued her laborious climb. She then felt the dank air around her being stirred by the flapping of foul wings. The shrieks and the cries grew louder, but still she pressed on toward them. Just as she felt that she was almost on top of the clicking talons and scraping nails, she heard and felt them move backward and upward, farther away. You are getting tired, crippled one. You are getting tired. Stop and rest. It is said that a true lamp of Kinnereth can bring water out of a rock and make stone into bread. Stop and eat. Rest and drink. I thought you said the lamp would not obey me, and now you would bid me command it? In the prophecy it is written that we do not live by bread alone, 
but on the words of truth. Abigail never paused, though she was laboring greatly and would gladly have rested. Stop, stop, this is no good. You may fall. Command the lamp to bear you to the top. It can lift you up. You need not climb. You will fall. Fall! Fall! The reedy voice was growing more and more agitated. The words of the prophecy tell us that though we are not to trust in our own strength, that we are not to attempt to test the one who gave the lamp. I will proceed as I have been instructed by the prophecy. Now there was a great volley of shrieking and calling. Abigail could hear the wings beating in frustration. Listen, listen! There is no need for us to fight. You two can serve the woman in purple and scarlet. She can give you much. She can give you everything. Look! She gave us this whole world. Think what she could do for you. Think! Think! It is written in the prophecy that we shall serve only the great light bearer and forbear allegiance to any other. My ancestors were foolish, but we have learned. Beware, foul stench. You are in far more peril now than I. So, let's briefly review the kind of items that Crystal Sea Books will be offering and that will be used to enhance the discussion as Anchored by Truth unfolds each week. Crystal Sea Books has Epic Poems Original, inspirational songs and music for reflection and devotion. Enhanced prayers to help listeners grow in their own prayer life and meditate more deeply on God's magnificence and mercy. Dramatized stories that will not only entertain readers and listeners, but that also have a sound biblical foundation to serve as a way for Bible study groups, youth groups, or families to explore the great themes of Scripture more thoroughly. And a library of humorous life lessons with a laugh that will use episodes out of the Bible to provide insights and perspectives that are essential for listeners of all ages to grow in their faith. Soon we're going to begin a new series that is part of what we call Life Lessons with a Laugh, based on the biblical story of Noah and the Ark. So even though the story is one of the best known in the Bible, we hope you'll join us because some of the lessons may point out parts of the story that often aren't noticed. In the meantime, we want to conclude today's episode by adding one more observation. And it's the reason we opened our time today by weaving verses from the Old and New Testament together. We wanted to begin Anchored by Truth by going to the beginning of the entire universe to begin a demonstration of the foundational truth that the Bible is a single, integrated whole. There is close to 1,500 years that separated the writing of Genesis from John's Gospel and the book of Revelation. But notice that John's depiction of Jesus as the Word of God ties directly to the events that marked the establishment of the heavens and earth. John tells us that along with the Holy Spirit, Jesus was there at the beginning in the midst of the surging waters, the new light, and the order emerging out of chaos. Jesus, along with the Holy Spirit, is still there in the midst of the lightning and thunder in the throne room of heaven, and he will still be there as the book of Revelation ends with the final restoration and redemption of the heavens and earth that were marred by the fall. 
The Bible exists for a single purpose, to convey God's unfolding plan of redemption and reclamation that began with God's creation of the universe out of nothing and will someday be consummated in God's final restoration of the beauty and holiness he originally imparted. As we proceed from week to week, we always want to come back time and time again to a single fundamental truth, that all of existence proceeds from the throne that is the head of the crystal sea. As believers, all of us must understand that there is only one sure anchor to protect us from drifting along with the prevailing tides of our changing culture, and that anchor is the Word of God that is present in both the Bible and in the person of Jesus. It seems appropriate, then, that we should close this first program by going to another of Crystal Sea's offerings, an extract from our Purposeful Prayer series. We think that it is always fitting to begin any new endeavor by adoring the Father, who is the one perfect author of all truth. Let us pray. A Prayer of Adoration of the Father Almighty, gracious, and heavenly Father, we praise you and adore you and bow down before you. We are overcome by thoughts of your majesty and excellence, and we humbly come to you to worship you in spirit and in truth. We know from your word that you are a God in whom there is no imperfection, want, or lack. You are perfect in all of your attributes and all of your ways. Because you are the source of all light and illumination, there is no shadow or dark place in you. All creation stands in silent awe when it turns toward you. You dwell in the loftiest of the high places, surrounded by the angels that you created to serve you. Glory is your robe, power is your mantle, exaltation your drape, and sovereignty your cloak. Mere words could never describe your grandeur, yet we are exalted as we try. You alone are God. There is no other God like you. There never has been and there never will be. There will come a time when you will fully exercise your dominion as is fitting and right, and you will set right all that does not conform to your will. We look toward that day when we can stand breathless and amazed at your beauty and holiness. Until that time, let us grow in the knowledge and appreciation of your unmatched glory and let all honor, praise, and worship be given only to you. In Christ's name, let all who know him praise the Lord. Amen. We hope you'll be with us next time, and we hope you'll take some time to encourage some friends to tune in also, or listen to the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to hear more, try out crystalseabooks.com, where we're not famous, but our boss is.